The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62 east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Please be seated in God's house as I drop my notes. You can be turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28 for a text that we're all very likely familiar with. I want to welcome you, many first-time guests, as we seemingly have most every week anymore. And for those of you joining us online, I love you very much. And boy, I think of some of you that I've visited in just the past couple days. And I'm just so glad that you're able to have a device in front of you that can be where you are in the hospital room or recovering at home or wherever it is that you are. I am so glad that you can be with us in that way. So if you see me look up at the camera, it's for all you people at home and and that are in hospital, wherever it is that you are, very glad that you can join us in that way. So for the month of September, we will be preaching, Lord willing, through our core values as a church. We began last week with our first, and we referenced these core values, these things that we say we as a church believe in, these things as a church that we, these are hills we're dying on. Should it come to it? These are core values that we're not going to budge on. We believe they're biblical. We believe they're God-honoring. And for those reasons, we reference to them as being like a chain. A good chain that keeps a boat anchored where it ought to be in the middle of a storm or even perhaps a chain that's used to bring your car back up onto the middle of the road in the wintertime when you've slid the thing off to the side of the road. So we've referenced them as being chains And the first good chain that we preached through, if we could bring up our first one, first one, that New Covenant Community Church exists to praise Jesus through worship and the Word. Our church exists, say it with me, to praise Jesus through worship and the Word. Uh, These are very much under attack, and I hope you're seeing what's going on around us with our eyes wide open. Uh, Preachers and churches that are preachers that are leading churches with bold worship, with bold preaching of the Word of God, that have said, This is a hill that we're dying on. Uh, In our world today, uh, Nancy Pelosi now has their names. She is now putting names of preachers on the political terrorist list. So just know what you're getting into in a church. When you say that these are hills we're dying on, we're going to worship, and we're going to do it through the Word, and it's going to be all about that man named Jesus, because he's the only Savior. He's the only God. We're going to worship him, and we're going to see that he has preached through his Word, and we're not budging on those things. I don't care what kind of list Nancy Pelosi has or who she's putting on there, which is currently pastors, but... We're not budging on these things. This is a good, loving chain. This is what God has put before us. This will keep us on track. This will keep our eyes enlightened, our heart rejoiced. This is is why we're here, to praise Jesus through worship and the Word. This is the direction we're going as a church. And I hope that you have said the same thing of your family individually. Because this church will only be as strong as the families that make up the church. Second good chain we'll be preaching through today. Next one, please. 
is to proclaim the gospel to our neighbors and the nations. New Covenant Community Church exists to, say it with me, proclaim the gospel to our neighbors and the nations. And there's about 85,000 different cutesy ways that I could preach this to you today. Uh, but there's only one way that will allow me to sleep good tonight, and that's the way I'm going to preach it. So if you're in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 28, which you should be there, I invite you to turn to verse 18, which is a portion of text that we are all very likely very familiar with. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. When you break down this scripture, you'll see that there is a command given in verse 19. And this command that we find is sandwiched between two descriptive statements that bring clarity to the command. But before we really dive into these pieces, as we want to understand the Word of God in its fullness, I want you to first consider the true reality that when Jesus gave this command to his disciples, in his foreknowledge, he knew that for his followers to be obedient to this, as Jesus is speaking to these disciples, he knew that for them to be obedient to this, that it would mean their earthly, physical death. And in some cases, a gruesome, earthly, physical death. God is still good in that command. He is still perfectly right, which I believe we will see those things. But I want us to see this through the lens, through the reality that Jesus gave this command looking at the disciples knowing that for them to be obedient to this would in fact mean their earthly physical body death. So keep that in mind as we go along. First, let's look at the command, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus looks to his disciples and he says, I want you to go from here. And I want you to preach a message. And the message I want you to preach is the things that I have taught and commanded. This salvation that's found only in me. I want you to go to all places. Not just your own little place, but everywhere it is that you go. Even to the furthest ends of the earth. I want you to go and I want you to preach this message. As you preach this message and as people believe in me, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit as we did this morning. That was the command, that was the instruction that Jesus gave that he knew, again, knowing that it would result in the earthly physical death of these disciples that he was speaking this to. I want you to imagine something for a moment. Pretend this little story in your head, if you will. I want you to pretend that there's a flood everywhere. And there's only one boat. And no, I'm not talking about Noah and the ark. I want you to, I want you to envision this illustration 
for this morning. There's a flood, and there's only one boat that can save people. There's other look-alike boats, but they all will sink. There's only one boat that can bring any kind of true safety. As this boat goes around, you notice that some people get on and some people refuse the safety. You're just so impressed by the love of the captain of this boat that you are so moved because you know that this captain is sacrificially going about doing this mission of saving. So you decide to get on the boat. You get on the boat, and as you climb up on deck of this boat, you, you, you're there in front of the captain, and you're in awe. You're so thankful for the love that he had to sacrificially go out and do this mission of saving. And then you look around on all of those who have been saved by this captain on this boat, the only way to be saved. And the captain looks at you and says, you, because you have gotten on this boat, you have gained eternal life. You will now live forever. Even though your body will die, you have gained eternal life by being on this boat. And you're so thankful, but as you're looking around, you notice two different groups of people on this boat that are all headed towards eternity because they've been on, they got on this boat. The first group you see is on the furthest end away from everyone else on the boat. They're sitting there. And they're doing as much of nothing as possible. They're just sitting there. And you notice the other group of people, they're busy scurrying about, helping the captain, doing what it is the captain has commanded them to do. They've rolled up their sleeves. They've tied their hair back. They are getting their hands dirty. They're doing everything they can to steer this boat, to help move the boat forward, to reach down and pull other people up, to call out, getting the people with the loudest voices to call out to all the other people in the flood, to make sure they get as many people on this boat as possible. And the captain of the boat looks at you and says, you've basically got a choice. You can be part of one of either of these groups. And the captain of the boat says, but you need to know some things about the work that's involved and what these two groups are doing. This group over here that's sitting far away as possible from everyone else, not doing anything, and these other people. Some things you need to know is that every single one of their earthly bodies will fade. They will experience this earthly death. Their, their souls are redeemed. They, they will live. That's the other thing you need to know about them is that they are all completely redeemed. They are they are saved. Their souls are safe in eternity. They have been granted eternal life. But this group over here has chosen to do something that, that may, potentially, may not. It has a, I guess, maybe slightly likely more chance of, of extending their earthly stay and involved doing that as, doing no, as much of nothing as possible. This other group over here that you see scurrying about busy and helping with the work of what this boat is doing... Their earthly life may be shortened, but you can see for yourself what's happening. You can see for yourself who's doing something and who's not doing something. And you think to yourself, well, if eternity is set for me, and this is the only boat that can have people on it to save them, you then have a choice to make of which way that you go. New Covenant Community Church and all those joining us online, which recently are a great number of people, I would like to submit to you that COVID has presented us with the exact same scenario. We have been placed in this situation where all mankind are sinners. All mankind are subject to drowning. All mankind is subject to the judgment of God against the sin of the human heart. 
We, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been accepted by this captain because we've cried out for help. And by the captain's good love for the lost humankind, he sacrificially did what it took to save us, and he did it. When we come into God's kingdom, we're granted eternal life, and we are seeing this exact same thing before us today. And hear me, and hear me very clearly. I love this church, and I love people. If, you've, if you don't think that, you just probably haven't been around very long because I, I really have a genuine love for people and a genuine concern that they are right before God, that they know the gospel, a genuine longing for them to see the Bible expressed in every area of their life. I have a burning passion for that. But what we are seeing today is this gospel boat moving forward. We're seeing the captain who's not changed. He's always been faithful. And we've got a choice to make that COVID has given us. We could hide away in our homes and potentially, no promises, but potentially elongate our earthly life. Or we could choose to roll up our sleeves, put our hair back, put the work boots on, and go to work. And make no mistake, it could shorten your earthly life. It absolutely could. It has for many. But what I'm going to submit to you is that keeping your head in the game, seeing what is scripturally true, that if we've been given eternal life, that the right choice is to stay active, to keep going and to not hide away and trying to elongate this thing that was never the goal. That's not the goal. That's not the command of Matthew 28, 19. The command is go and make disciples of all nations. When I was actively practicing martial arts, there was this saying that my instructor would always say when you were in competition, whether it was in the ring at, at our home gym where we practice or whether an actual competition, he said if, if, if you've got a bigger opponent that comes and bumps you around a little bit and they start to chase you out of the ring... He said, don't, don't just submit to the fact that they seem bigger than you. Don't just submit to the fact that they're big and scary. He said, if, if you fight on the way out, if you're kicking and swinging and doing everything you can, even while they've got you on your heels, he says, you can win a match while they're, kick, while they're chasing you out of the ring. He said, you've got to go out swinging. You've got to go out doing it right. And I just want to tell you, church, that there are, there are people in the world that are going out swinging. There are people in the world that have gotten this right. They understand this thing of, you know what, I, you know, I'm very thankful that even currently, even with the Delta variant that everybody's talking about that's gone around and whatever the next variant is, but currently, may change, very likely will, but currently, the death rate is still somewhere, the survivability of this Delta thing is still somewhere in the ballpark of 99.99%. We've all heard that. I'm sure we've all heard that numerous times. And I'm thankful for that. I'm super thankful that there are that many people that can survive that disease. That is a wonderful thing. The question we all ought to answer, though, however, is what percent does the survivability rate have to go down to before we stop being obedient to the Word of God? 
What if the next year, what if this next variant that comes out, what if it's 25%? What if it just levels, physically body just kills 25% of every person that gets it, making the survivability rate only like 75%? What if that happens? Do we stop preaching? Do we stop gathering? Last I checked, the command of Scripture do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, and even more so as you see the day approaching. This is the manner of some, but don't let that be said of you, that you have forsaken that assembling of yourselves together. There's no COVID asterisk there. So all of you joining online, listen, you need to actively work through your faith of understanding, are you, have you legitimized your disobedient fear? Which part of those two groups are you on in this boat moving forward? Which, where do you stand? What if COVID goes to 25% where it just levels a fourth of all people that get it? I'd like to submit to you that the, the still, still the command is go. Still the command is gather. You know what? Yeah, you might extend your earthly life somewhat, but guess what? COVID could come to you on the groceries. COVID could come to you on the piece of mail that you get out of your mailbox. Unless you somehow isolate yourself completely, which is also not what the God, Word of God has instructed us to do, you could do everything that you possibly could and you could still get it and still die. There's no promise that you could even lengthen your earthly life. Or we could stay strong in it knowing that this, whatever comes about, COVID or otherwise, that we would stay strong no matter what. There's no asterisk here for COVID. This is the command of the Word of God. And if we're going to go out, let's go out swinging church. If COVID, listen to me. If, if COVID is the thing, say next year, that kills this man... Know that I intend to go out swinging. I intend to go out preaching the gospel, being obedient to the word of God, no matter what. No matter what the next variant is. I'm not stopping. It, whatever variant is going to get me from not stopping, continuing this mission, it could kill me if I hide away and never do anything. But if I'm going to be found doing something, I want to be found going out swinging. Those of you cowering at home, are you going out swinging? Are you actively participating in this mission, the only message that can save? Are you actively participating in that? And hear me, there are some of you that are at home and you can't even get out. There are some of you in the hospital like there. I understand those things and I am so thankful for the live stream. But some of you are straight up cowards. And men, fathers, you need to lead your families in these things. Don't be found when people come into the kingdom of God and they find you doing nothing. COVID could kill you anyway. Do something. Do what it is that the Word of God has called us to do. The church in Afghanistan has started to understand some of these things. As I shared with you a couple weeks ago, the church in Kabul had basically been annihilated. The Taliban went around, they figured out where the underground church was, and they basically slaughtered everyone. And, and if they found anybody with a Bible app on their phone, they shot you and they killed you, okay? So, but, but as it ha happened, as it always does, that the blood of martyrs is the thing that waters and grows the church like you wouldn't believe. So guess what's happening right now, this very moment, on all the cities surrounding that region? Is the believers know we could hide away and, and maybe potentially extend our earthly life. Or you know what? We could just go all into this thing, roll up the sleeves, put on the work boots, tie the hair back, and go, go at this thing, preach this gospel. And you know what they're doing? Knowing that it will very likely mean there's certain death, but they know they're going to die anyway. They're going around door to door, beating on the doors of these Muslims and telling them that they must repent of their sins. And the man named Jesus Christ is the only one who can. And the church is growing like wildfire. 
Boy, you wouldn't think that the church can grow in that environment. You'd think it'd be growing in an environment where everything's still easy, relatively here, but it's growing there. They have come to grips with this reality to live as Christ, to die is gain. Well, Pastor Ben, that's so absurd. That's so crazy. That's lunacy. Only a lunatic would be believing and preaching these things. Be careful of what you call the king of heaven. Be careful of the names that you call the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus knew good and well that the command that he gave, knowing it would mean the death of these believers, he was still perfectly right, perfectly loving, and perfectly just to require something like that. And I think that you and I are faced with the very same thing today. This is why it says that we exist to proclaim, to be proclaimers of the gospel to our neighbors and the nations, not these silent people who are most concerned with extending their earthly life. That's not the goal. It's never been the goal. That was not the command. That's not the Great Commission. The Great Commission is go and preach this gospel because it's the only thing that can save. If you believe it, say amen. This is the only thing that can save. We are here to proclaim this gospel. And I pray, listen to me, and, and I hope you hear the love in my heart. If, if people are bent on, a, on digesting fear, if people are bent and, and, and they want to make exceptions for their sinful fear. I'm praying, and listen close, everyone listening online, I am praying that God would put someone else in your seat here who's going to be active on this gospel boat, on this gospel mission. We need more people, more hands on deck, more workers, more people to share this gospel because it is the only thing that can save. The preference would be that you would be convicted of the Holy Spirit of God and that you would, that you would go from this group to saying, you know what? COVID could even still kill me sitting here at my home. It could come in on a piece of mail. I'm going to, you know what? That's not even the goal anyway. The gospel preaching, the gospel, me sitting at home can't save anyone. But if I've got my actively engaged in this mission, that could do something. That could share the gospel with someone. It's the only thing that can save. I'm going to go over to this group. That's what I'm praying for you, dear friend, this morning. So that's the command. Go into the world and preach the gospel, all the things that he's commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What about these descriptive statements? How can God command such a thing? Command something to say, and to be obedient to do the thing I just commanded you to do, it will mean your gruesome, horrible death. How can God still do that and still be all good and all for it? He doesn't owe us any explanation, but he does give us an explanation. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And there in the first part of 19, it says, Go. Everyone shout the word go. Ready, set, go. That's the command. But before he gives the command, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It has been completely normalized in America to treat church as your most favorite hobby. There are people that we saw before the summer hit, and they'll be coming back shortly because they've been gone all summer long doing other stuff. They're treating it like a hobby. It, we are long past due church for us to treat church like a hobby. We are way, way beyond that now. We need to be, see that this is about the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. He's the one that says, go, and we're not going to take that seriously. We ought to be shaking in our boots because the one who has all authority in heaven and earth has said, go, and we're going to treat him like a hobby. 
We mustn't. We absolutely mustn't. He is the one who has all authority, and that alone gives him the right to command anything he wants to command. We see that the reason that he... The reason that we ought to be chained as a church to proclaiming the gospel to our neighbors and the nations is because it is the only message that can save. If Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, which he is, he has every right to then command that we, at any cost, go and preach and carry forth this message. At any cost. It's the only message that can save. So he's perfectly right to say, it doesn't matter what it costs, even if it costs you life. Even if Pastor Ben does die next year of COVID, he still has every right to call me to get up and preach. He's got every right. He's the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. It's the only message that can save. But not only that, not that he owes us any kind of loving explanation, but he does give it to us. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We have not trusted the word of God. And I feel like God has made some of these things so clear with how how we as a culture have dealt with this whole COVID thing. It's been wrong. It's time for us to stand up. So what COVID goes to killing 25% of all that get it? Are we going to stop preaching the word? Are we going to stop sharing the gospel? Are we just going to hide away and, and idolize our own lives by trying to extend it when it's not even promised that it will be? When 100 out of 100 of us, should the Lord tarry, every single one of us are going to die anyway? These are things that preachers have preached about that sound extreme and it's like everybody kind of has it in the back of their mind is like something that may happen. We're there, y'all. We're totally there. It's time to decide what, what side of the boat you're on. It's time to decide if you're going to sit over here and do nothing and cower away in your home or, or is it time for you to decide, you know what? There are things more important than my earthly life like the gospel, like someone being saved, like their soul being in heaven for eternity. That's more important than extending the earthly life. We can't quit. I don't care if COVID goes to killing 99.99% of the people that get it. It's still the mission. It's still the mission. We've still got to go forward. And I hope you've made a decision which side you're on of this. I hope you've decided which way that you're going to go. Because should it ever come to a time where it kills 99.99% of the people that get it, well, probably some of us will come to the same conclusion that the Christians have done in Afghanistan. And we'll start, it'll finally kick in. It'll finally take that to kick in for us that we're actually going to take this gospel seriously and we're not, just, we're not going to make justification for why we can cower away at home. Some of you have good reason to be. Many of you do not, dear friend listening online. You're a coward. You need to pray, you need to repent, and you need to get your family back to church. And it might not be this church because you might be mad at me now. Whatever. I'm going to sleep real good tonight because I gave you what God gave me to give you from his word. You need to be on the action side of that boat. You need to have your head in the game. Your life extending it earthly is not the goal, dear sir. It is not. It is the word of God. It is the mission of going. The one who has all authority of heaven and earth gave you that command. What are you going to do about it soldier it's time to stand up and be strong 
teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus says, I'm going to give you this command. I've got all authority. I'm going to give you this command. And after I give you the command to be obedient to it will mean your earthly death. But that doesn't matter, Jesus says, because even in the end of the age, even throughout the end of the age, I'm still with you. He's still with us. So all of a sudden we realize that we're sailing on this boat together, fearing this earthly death. When Jesus says, you ought not to have fear in that because I'm still with you. And we've not believed it. It's why many, it's why so many have cowered in their homes, trying to protect the earthly life that they have idolized. If we believe that He is with us till the end of the age. COVID may kill me, church. It may. It may kill some of you. But guess what? If you're a believer, the promise of God's Word upon the authority of His Word is that He has not lost you, forgotten you. You are still with Him. He is still with you. Somebody say amen. That's a good thing that we ought to hold to if we're, if we're all going to die anyway. I want to do it doing the things that are right. This is why Paul was so convinced of this. This is why he said in Romans 8, 38-39, Paul says, For I am persuaded. Look to your neighbor and shout, Persuaded. For I am persuaded. Some of you listening online need to get yourself persuaded. You need to get persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. And there's very good evidence to think that this coronavirus was a very created thing. And even God's Word says that even if it is a created thing, not even it shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together because He's awesome. It's a promise. That those things cannot separate us from the love of God. I don't care what COVID does. Man, this last Delta variant, I, I, again, I'm still very thankful that the death rate is very, 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 very low. But man, for many of us that have gone through it, that thing was a tail kicker for some of us. And talking to my doctor, it seems strange that it's predominantly affecting middle-aged, healthy males, is what my doctor told me. That was just his observation from his patients. But boy, wouldn't that be consistent with things that like Pharaoh has done or like Herod has done? There's nothing new under the sun. We need to get to where we're real comfortable being on Nancy Pelosi's little list. We're not currently, but we may be someday. You know what? Good. Good. Let her do it. Let her put whatever pastor she's going to. The real church, the true church is going to stand up and not bow down to this silliness. I don't care how deadly it becomes. There's nothing more deadly than someone being lost in sin. So if I've got an option to preach to them, if I can do anything to lead the church biblically that they might see the glory of God, that they might repent of their sin, it's all worth it. I took my family a couple weeks to go to the Columbus Zoo, and as we were going along, Daisy sees these buffalo, these two great big buffalo that were sitting up on this hill. And she goes, Daddy, she's like, those are buffalo like we saw last year. And what we, she saw last year, I took my family to Marblehead for vacation, and they have one of those little drive-through zoo deals where you drive through and you can feed big animals carrots throughout the window, and Daisy just loved it. 
and, and she remembered that she was feeding buffalo out the window a year ago. And then she sees him at the zoo and she says, Daddy, that's like the buffalo we saw last year. And the reason I tell you that is because what it showed me is that a two-year-old, she's three now, last year she was two, a two-year-old is remembering everything. They're remembering everything that I'm saying, everything that I'm doing. So what if COVID kills me next year? What is my daughter going to remember of her dad? What I'm here to tell you, church, is I want her to remember that her dad went out swinging. That her dad went out swinging for the gospel. That her dad saw these two options of being on this wonderful gospel boat that was purchased by the blood of the captain. We love him. We thank him. But, but in, even in that boat, you can be not engaged or engaged. And that someday Daisy could say, if COVID even were to kill me, that her dad, that she could say that her dad went out swinging with the gospel. He went out preaching regardless of what political tyrant had lists of pastor's names he went out swinging for what was right because he believed what the word said and that it's not the goal to extend your earthly life it's the goal to go and to preach the gospel that's what I want her to remember of me should something terrible happen to me which side of the boat you're on If, you're, if you are bent on legitimizing your fear and, and bent on saying, I see what the Word of God says, but I'm going to disobey, my first prayer is that you would repent, certainly. But if you, if you continue to be bent on that, I pray that God removes you from this church. And my prayer, again, first desire being that you repent, and seeing your error in the word of God. That is my prayer first. But if not, I pray that God removes you. And I pray that God would replace in your seat today someone who has rolled up their sleeves. Someone who says, my earthly life is not worth trying to extend in this way that it diminishes my ability to preach, my ability to go. The king of heaven, the king of earth commanded me to go and to preach the gospel to all nations. And even as a loving topper of it, he said, and I'm still with you to the end of age. I'm, I'm praying that God replaces you this morning with someone who believes the word of God and says, I'm going to be active in this thing no matter what variant comes out. No matter what tyrannical political government is going to have lists with preachers' names on it for preaching the word of God, I'm going to go out swinging. Would you stand and bow your heads as we come to the music? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to know who says, Pastor Ben, I hear you. And the Holy Spirit is convicting me of this. And I want to go on the other side of the boat today. I want to go from fear to faith. I want to go from disobedience to obedience. And man, for all of you online, I really wish you were here because I can't see your hand raised while you're cowering in your living room. And you know who you are. Not those who have good reason, but those who have legitimized your fear. You need to take this moment to repent right now. You need to get on your knees as a family and say, God, forgive us. Forgive us for having taken you to be a liar in your word. If anybody says, Pastor Ben, I'm with you in this mission.
I just want you to raise your hand high where I can see it. Amen. Amen. You know what will happen when we get this? Look up this way for just a brief moment. You know what will happen if we get this? We're going to see ministry like none of us, and I mean none of us, even for some of you that are way older than I am. I'm talking people that have been in in church. You've got socks older than I've been alive. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about we're going to see ministry like you've never seen before. And I'm not just talking about numbers. I'm talking about true, faithful, God-reliant, God's Word, trusting ministry that changes someone's eternal destination. I believe with all my heart that we will see that. If we stand strong and faithful and say, you know what? Let the Delta variant go into something else. So what if it goes into something more deadly? He has saved me. He has redeemed me. He has the authority to command it and the love to even remind me that even if it does take my earthly body, it takes my earthly life, I am persuaded that he'll still be with me. Father in heaven, be with us now as you strengthen us. Make us soldiers. Make us like athletes. Make us like hardworking farmers that have put our hands to the plow and have not looked back. Make us strong, Lord. Do a work among your church, among your body. Father, I pray that you would convict the cowardly. Bring them into right standing. Let them repent for having having seen you to be a liar. Remind them, I pray in this moment right now, that that you would remind them, that you would show them that you are a truth teller, that you are incapable of lying. Convict their hearts and bring them here. Lord, have your way in your church. Be the shepherd in only the way that you can. Jesus, we love the redemption that you've bought. Let us do something about it. In Jesus' name, and all the church says, it's time to roll up the sleeves. It's time to put on the work boots. It's time to get in this thing. Amen? If you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you hear about this redemption and this great purpose, this great mission that we're on as a church to proclaim the gospel to our neighbors and the nations. If you want to do that, please see me before you leave. Don't leave this place without telling someone, another leader in this church, that you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to walk with you in that and disciple you. The time is short. Let's worship together.